We're in the middle right now of a series that we're calling More. Somebody say More. This series is all about unfolding what Scripture has to say about the Holy Spirit. And how many of you know the truth is that no matter how much we might know about God, no matter how long we've been in a journey with Him, there's always no, more to know. Uh, we'll never reach the pinnacle of knowing God while we're here on this earth. And that's why there's always more to know and more to understand. How many would like more in your life today? How many want to notice Him more in your life? How many of you want to hear him more in your life? How many of you want him to use you more to share the gospel with other people? I don't know about you, but uh, the people that I know in this room, for the most part, I know that you are hungry to know more about God. Well, we believe in this series that God is doing just that for you. Uh, he's revealing more of himself to you. So far, pastor has talked about more of his presence. And in that message, we learn the fact that God is actually with us. He's close and he's available through the person of the Holy Spirit. And last week in part two, we also talked about more of his presence, but P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, his gifts, his presence that he wants to distribute to believers so that they can be a blessing to us and those around us. Well, this week, we're going to be talking about more of his power. Somebody say power. power. Let's pray as we get ready to unfold God's word. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that through the help of your Holy Spirit, you distribute power to your church, to your believers. And today, God, we pray that you would open our hearts and mind to hear what you have to say to us about your power. God, uh, as all the preparation for today has taken place, we know without your power and your help, they're just words. And so we just ask that you would empower these words today and open our hearts in Jesus' name. Somebody say a big amen. amen. Hey, did you know that there's more power available to us through the third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm sure that you know the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It simply means triunion. It's a, a theological word that is used to describe who God is. And it simply means that, that he is a three-in-one kind of a God. Now, he's not three gods, but he's actually one God with three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor had mentioned last week that we have people from all different uh, theology sets in our church uh, through the last few years. And perhaps maybe God has brought you here to the Grace Place to show you that he wants to distribute more of his power to you through the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at scripture together, and I just want to give you a little heads up. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture today, because I think it's important that we don't approach this topic from an emotional perspective. Uh, we don't approach this topic from a traditional perspective, but we approach it from a biblical perspective. How many think that's a good idea? How many think when people ask you questions about the Holy Spirit, you shouldn't say, you, you should be able to bring people back to scripture and give them some intelligent responses and good solid biblical answers. So we're going to do that today. And our key text for today comes from chap the Acts chapter one, starting at verse number eight. It'll be up on the screen. And, and just a little bit of context here. Uh, 
Acts is written by the author Luke. This is actually Luke's second letter. His first letter was the book of Luke. And um, what we notice here is that Jesus, he's speaking to a group of people that would become the early church, and he wants to give them a heads up regarding how he's going to equip them to carry on his mission after he dies. How many think that's something we ought to listen to? So here's what he says in Acts chapter 1-8. He says, he says, hey, church, hey, guys, listen up. I want you to know that you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you receive this power, he says, you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. Let's notice some things about Scripture regarding more of his power. Well, the first thing that we notice in Scripture regarding more of his power is that it started with a promise in your notes. It started with a promise. We see all throughout Scripture that, that he promised more of his power to the church. In fact, um, I just want to kind of give you a, a little teaching nugget for a moment. When it comes to building a, a belief system or a theology about a particular topic, it's really important that you don't find one scripture and build a theology around it. It's really important that you find multiple scriptures, three or more, throughout scripture so that you can be sure that you're on firm biblical ground, that it wasn't just one occurrence that uniquely happened at this one space and this one time. So we, we want to make sure that today we understand that we're on firm biblical ground when we're talking about about the promise of the Father and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In your notes, I want you to notice this, that this promise was given before, during, and after the life of Jesus. Before, during, and after the life of Jesus. See, this wasn't just spoken three times throughout Scripture. It was actually spoken multiple times throughout Scripture, but it was also spoken throughout multiple generations and through multiple covenant eras. Now, how many of you know that if, if it was spoken multiple times throughout Scripture to multiple generations, to multiple covenant eras, it ought to be something that our ears and hearts turn, turn towards to and we listen. The first thing we notice that it was given before the life of Jesus, during the Old Covenant era, the prophet Joel declared this in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. He said this, then after doing all these things, God declares this actually through Joel, God says this, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I want us to notice that this was given pre-Jesus. And it was a promise that God had planned and intended a long time ago. Let's check out the, the second thing that we notice. This promise was also given during the life of Jesus. Now, during the life of Jesus was this transition period between the Old Covenant and New Covenant. The Old Covenant was becoming fulfilled in Christ, and the New Covenant was emerging. And, and here's what Jesus says in John chapter 4 as we start at verse number 12. Here's what he says. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works, somebody say works, that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things, somebody say greater things, than these because I'm going to the Father in heaven. Well, what works, Jesus, were you doing while you were here on earth? Well, if you've read the Bible, we, we saw that the blind would see, the lame would walk. We saw that the dumb would speak. And one of the things that uh, Scripture uh, reveals to us, I think it's really important for us to understand that oftentimes in Scripture, there's, there's natural and there's spiritual things happening. And so 
Although, yes, Jesus did physically heal blind eyes, but you know what he also did spiritually? He opened blind eyes. He helped people who could not see the gospel before see it in the spiritual realm. He also helped people who could not walk right spiritually walk right. People who would stumble along in their faith and they couldn't be firm and they were struggling along. He made sure that those who were lame and could not walk were able to walk firmly in Christ. He also made sure that people who, uh, who uh, were mute and could not speak, sure that, that he allowed people to speak, but in the spiritual sense, people who could not communicate the word of God, people who could not communicate the faith, people who would get tongue-tied and trying to explain and describe who God is and who Christ is, he allowed the mute to speak clearly of the wonderful works of God. And so I think it's so important for us to know that Jesus is telling you and I, the greater works that he did, he wants to make sure that you too could also do those greater works. And, and it's amazing that he says, you're going to actually do works greater than I did. And, and I think it's only appropriate for us to say, well, how, Jesus? How in the world? I mean, we're not you. How are greater works going to take place? Well, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to do something greater in you. And here's something really interesting to know. It's interesting to know that Jesus, although he was God, he came down and submitted himself to a human body. So his greater works only happened where he was. But he wanted to make sure that his greater works could be spread throughout the earth. And so that's why he told the disciples, you're going to do greater things than me because things were going to spread faster through the help and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit when Jesus would go away to the Father. If we skip down to verse number 15, we read this. It continues. He says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now, you got to understand that the disciples were very insecure as they were hearing Jesus talk to them about the fact that he was going to be going away to the Father, and where he was going, they could not go. How many of you, when you've got a loved one that has empowered you, strengthened you, spoke life in you, and, and they start telling you, I'm not going to be with you anymore, how many of you would be a little sad? And so the disciples were mourning and they were grieving for the fact that the one that brought them life and, and encouragement and gave them a mission to live on and, and, and a mission to serve, when he started describing that he was going to be gone, they got really nervous. And Jesus said, hey, don't be nervous because I'm going to send you a helper. And this helper is going to be just like me. Here's what scripture says as we continue to read. It says this. It says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, disciples, you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. Jesus was comforting them, helping them to know that I'm not going to send somebody that's entirely different from me. In fact, Jesus tells them, you already know him. Why did Jesus tell them you already know who the Holy Spirit is? Because he was in Jesus. He was the embodiment of the Holy Spirit in the flesh, God moved and great acts operated through him. Jesus was completely full of all that God has. And he was telling them, you know exactly who he is. You've been walking with him and talking with him and he's gonna be nothing new. You know everything about him. But he says this, he says, but I'm gonna do something different. Instead of him being with you, I'm gonna put him in you. 
I'm going to put him in you. And so that's what we see scripture describing here. And so that's why Jesus takes all this time to, to explain to them the empowerments of the Holy Spirit and explain that the Holy Spirit was just not going to be a buddy and a companion anymore, but somebody who's actually going to be in you and with you forever. I love what Luke 2 and 49 says. Luke 2 also records the words of Jesus. He says this, Jesus says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. And he gives them a command. He says, but before you spread out and go living on mission, I want you to stay here in the city, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So, so far we've noticed that this promise that was given, it started with a promise and it was given before uh, the time of Jesus during the old covenant era. It was given during the life of Jesus, but we also notice in scripture, it was given after the death and crucifixion of Jesus. Let's take a look at what scripture has to say in Acts chapter one, verse four and five. Remember, Jesus comes back in his resurrected body. He's speaking to the disciples and he tells them this. It says, it describes it like this, once he, Jesus, was eating with them, and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. And as I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Skipping down to verse number eight, we we have to ask, well, Jesus, what's going to happen when they're baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, this was our opening scripture you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you're going to be my witness telling people about me everywhere you go, all around the world. What does this mean for us? Here's what this means for us. This means that the same God of scriptures that wanted the the early church to know, and even the old covenant people to grab onto this promise, to know about more of his power... He wants you and I also to know about more of his power. He wants us to be able to walk in more of his power. It blows me away that Jesus, as he's resurrected in his, in his resurrected body, he comes back to the disciples to stop and be with them for some moments and remind them, hey, I just want to make sure you guys grabbed on to what I said and make sure to go to Jerusalem and wait Before you go out on mission, before you go telling the world about me, I don't want you to go and do any of that work without my empowerment. And I want you to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of my father. Now, how many of you know that when somebody is giving you their last words, their last dying words, they're probably really important words to listen to. And these were the last recorded words of Jesus in his resurrected body before he ascended to heaven and was with the Father at his right hand. We're talking today about more of his power. In scripture, we notice more of his power started with a promise. And the next thing we notice that it was satisfied at Pentecost. Acts 2 verse 4 describes it like this. On the day of Pentecost, the believers were all meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like a a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, most biblical scholars and people across theology groups completely agree that this is the Holy Spirit and the empowerment that was promised all throughout scriptures right here on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, 
verse 4. And in your notes, our God who promises is a God who delivers on his word. How many believe that today? What does this mean for you and I? What does this mean for you and I, this, this promise? It means that the God who promised this to the early church, he also wants to baptize every single one of us in the church today in his Holy Spirit with more of his power. Well, as we're looking at scripture today, we're noticing that more of his power, that it started with a promise. It was satisfied at Pentecost. And the next thing we notice is we notice this. It sparked a phenomena. It sparked a phenomena. What was this new phenomena that was sparked? It was a spark of miracles. It was a, it was a spark of things that people had never seen before emerging from the people of God, from the church, as they were uh, filled with more of his power and filled with his Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Believers, for the first time ever, started participating in the wonderful works of God. The lame were beginning to, to, to walk and the dumb were beginning to speak, and the blind were beginning to see, and Jesus was not even physically present, although God was fully present through the Holy Spirit in the life of every single believer. There was a new, powerful kind of church that the world had never seen in all of history. Not through any era had anyone ever seen a church filled with so much power before. And this church, as we look throughout church history, took the world by storm, and Christianity began to spread like wildfire throughout all the church. Why? Because there was a group of disciples who obeyed, and they said, we're going to go and wait for the promise of the Father. And they obeyed when Jesus sent them out on mission to tell people about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. History had never seen this before, and God's power is no longer limited into a, a specific nation a specific group of Jews or a specific generation or a specific ethnicity, his word and the gospel and the power was also available to everybody of all kinds, to young, to old, to every ethnicity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit brought this new empowerment to the church. If we look throughout scripture, we can notice a few things that took place as believers moved in this empowerment. Well, we already kind of mentioned it, but we noticed that when they were empowered, they were empowered to witness. We saw that the church began to spread like wildfire, and Jesus didn't want them to go out alone, uh, unempowered to share this good news with the world. He wanted to make sure, hey, guys, I want to make sure that the whole world knows this good news. I want to make sure that the whole world knows that they're free. They are free from law. They're free from religion. And they are free from sin primarily. And they get to move about in their new life. Men and women get to stand on equal ground for the first time because they are all equally free. And every nationality, they are all equally free to go and move about and share the good news about Jesus Christ. Every mankind, everybody and all mankind can be free from sin. This was good news to the world because as far as the Jews were concerned at that time, the only people who could could be free the way Jews were free is if they were born as Jews. But Jesus said, no, I want to make sure that all mankind were free. Hey, speaking of freedom, today is Juneteenth. Juneteenth is a day that was celebrated as Emancipation Day for African-American brothers and sisters. And I want you to know that this day did not take place until June 19th, 1865. 
See, while in America, Americans enjoyed freedom beginning in 1776, our African-American brothers and sisters did not enjoy that freedom because slavery was still legal at that time. And it took 100 years for our nation to figure out that that was not right. And so today we get to celebrate this incredible day, Juneteenth, so that it made it a right for African-Americans to walk in freedom just like everybody else. How many think that's good news? Say amen. And I got to admit, it was, it was a, a couple years ago. I didn't even know what Juneteenth was. I had no idea. But I'm so glad that I know what it is today so that I could celebrate with my brothers and sisters. Well, we're talking about more of his power today. Somebody say more. What kind of power did he give us? He gave us power to witness, and he also gave us power to deliver and deliver the gifts of the Spirit. As we mentioned before, the church had never been seen as a group that was so embodied with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that these gifts were distributed. Now, I'm not going to go into a ton of time talking about that today because Pastor spent a whole message last week talking about that. If you want to know more about the gifts of the Spirit, go ahead and listen to last week's message But how many of you know that the gifts of the Spirit benefit everybody? And one of the gifts I am going to mention that I I love very much is the gift of prophecy. Now, I don't know about you, but when you look throughout Scripture, you, you see these prophets, and these prophets would often declare future things, and they would often declare doom and gloom for people. But I want you to know that this gift of prophecy is not foretelling the future. It's a different kind of prophecy. In fact, we see 1 Corinthians tell us what the gift of prophecy is all about for new covenant believers through the gift and power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 14 and 3, it says this. It says, but the one who prophesies, he speaks to people for what? For their strength, their encouraging, and their comfort. Did you hear that? Their strength they're encouraging, and their comfort. How many of you know somebody that can use some strength? Raise your hand right now. How many of you know somebody who could use a little bit of encouragement? Raise your hand. How many of you know somebody who could use some comfort right now? Raise your hand. How many of you think that the gift of prophecy would suit that person pretty well? So I don't know about you. Um, I ask the Lord, use me, Jesus, all the time. Use me in this gift. And you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, before you give a word of encouragement, before you prophesy into this somebody's life, you just speak what the Lord has said to you. Amen. So we're also talking about more of his power. Here's another way that he gives us more of his power. He does it by giving us power to endure suffering. How many of you know that when the disciples were sent out in the early church, they were sent out into a really tough environment? It was a heated political environment for Christians. It was, it was not popular to be a Christian during that time. And Jesus knew that they were going to endure incredible suffering. He knew that his followers were going to follow him to the cross and be martyred, all except John, who died of old age. But he knew that they were going to need power from on high to endure suffering. How many know on this earth, rather than us getting on social media, whining about how tough life is, whining about how bad the world is, whining about how your political enemy, you don't like them, how about taking your fingers off the keyboard and saying, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your baptism. I thank you for your power. And I pray that you would... Fill me with your power to endure suffering so that I could still share the gospel, so that I could still share the hope, so that I could still speak life, so that I could still encourage somebody, so that your word will be declared throughout the world. How many think that that would maybe be a better idea? That wasn't in my notes. That was for free. 
What in your notes, this power was given to display and declare the works of God. We're talking about more of his power today. Here's the last thing that we notice. It was stated for all believing people. More of his power. We look throughout scripture and we notice that it was stated for all believing people. Why did Jesus make this offer for more power to everyone? Well, perhaps it's because people had been abusing and hoarding his power for too many generations. And he was like, okay, I'm ready to unleash this thing around the world. I'm ready for people all around the world to know who I am. In your notes, this power is not reserved for the elite, but it was given for all We saw earlier in Joel, Joel made this declaration. He said, this gift is going to be for everybody. I want to make sure everybody all around the world knows all about my gift. It's going to be for young. It's going to be for old. It's going to be for every nationality. It's going to be sons and daughters, and everybody's going to participate in this great gift. I think it's really important, especially for those who are new to this conversation, I actually had a ton of notes because I kind of wanted to give you the other side of the coin on this theological conversation, uh, but we don't have time for it today. Uh, But I want to encourage you, if you don't know the other side of the coin that believes that the gifts stayed in the early church, that they they were for the early church, but they ceased and they stopped there, I want to encourage you to come and join us for the series that we're doing on Wednesday called The God I Never Knew. But we're going to peek here at Acts 2, starting at verse 37 through 39. So, So here's Peter, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the first spirit-empowered sermon that was ever preached in biblical history. And he gets up and he gives an invitation for people to experience this promise of the Father, this special gift of baptism. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their heart. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers and sisters, what should we do? So they heard it. They heard the powerful message. They're wondering, what do we do in response to this? Here's what Peter says. He says, well, each of you should repent of your sins, salvation, and turn to God. Then he says, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin. So he says, get saved and get water baptized. And then he says this, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, this promise that is to you, your children, and those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. We see a, a challenge for salvation to be water baptized and be filled and empowered by the promise of the Holy Spirit. And we also notice this, that this was not just for the other church. Peter says, this, in fact, is actually for you, everyone who, who hears the message, but it's also for the next generation, your kids. And then he says, hey, It's also for everyone who's far off, everyone who's not here today, who's living on this planet. It's for for them too. But then also it says, it is for everyone who is called by the Lord our God. Are you called by the Lord our God? This gift is for you today. Our takeaway today is this. We have been offered more of his power. Are you open to receive it? Are you open to receive it? 